Well, I'm a papa. Bring it on. Nothing's throwing me at this point. Well, as of today, I am the, a proud parent of a one-mile stretch of the Arthur Burkhardt Expressway. Oh, that adopt-a-highway thing? Yeah, I'm part of the solution now. Yeah, I went down there and I checked it out this morning. Here, take a look. Mile 114. Aw, looks just like you. Oh, I'm beaming. So what'd you have to do? Pay to keep it clean? Nah, they try to push into using their cleaning crew with all their so-called maintenance equipment. <laughs> that old scam. Yeah, well, that's why I'm doing it all myself. This parenting isn't about delegating responsibility. It's about being there. At the side of the road with a pile of garbage. Quality time. June 2nd, 2013. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. How are you? No, come on. Tell me because I'm tired. No, I'm asking you. What are you telling me to tell you when I no, asked you? No, I'm asking the listeners to tell us how they are. We'll listen politely for a little while. <laughs> and now the sound of listening. What? Why is there a horrible background noise in listening? <laughs> well, if I'm not doing anything, that's just the wind blowing through uh, my head oh. in one ear and out the other, see? <laughs> I, wow, you really thought this through. No, it was all spontaneous spur of the moment. I'm sure it was. I picked yeah. that up in my improv classes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into some news. Yes, let's slip into oh. some news. I said get into. <laughs> we could slip in if you'd like. Well. Oh. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Aww, oh, did you have to bring out that oh. creepy voice? I'll just s slip right in there. Aww. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Stop it! I don't want to think about this. It's the Island of Misfit Toys, and it's horrible. There was a, a lot of slipping in going on up there, let me tell you. Because it, cause it's icy. Man, okay, just, uh, okay. <laughs> Stop ruining my childhood. Move forward. All right. The casting call for Phantom Canyon is up and open. It has been for a bit. Right. However, it ends this coming Friday, June 7th. So please, get your auditions This is your last in. chance. Four biggest roles are paid, and you other roles, you get credit in a professional production. It's pretty awesome. However, I do want to mention that some folks seem to have not been reading the audition. Why, why are you doing this? Why are you giving them some tips? Some folks aren't paying attention to... The parameters for the audition, say the quality of the lines or how to uh, name yeah. them. Some folks have not been paying attention to how a specific line should be read. We've put a few parentheticals here and there that are key to performing the line correctly. Why do you have to... Dude, if they're not following instructions, they're, they're out. <laughs> Why are you trying to help these people? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice and I'm trying I, to say if you, you are... want a shot, you're going to have to... You're so you know, sweet. Aww. Read. You so have to optimistic. read. Everyone read. It's good for you. This man God. is an endless fount of optimism. Just read it. Just, it's all right there if you yes. read. Yes. Oh. Sweet, sweetie. Um, it's people maddening. don't pay attention to things. But that's what I'm telling them. Please pay attention. And so those who do rise above. See? All those who have risen above already... So you're saying angry. it's a good weeding out device. Exactly. But it's just, I'm just, I want everyone to have a fair shot. And I'm saying to you people, 
If you want us to consider you, we need to know you can read and follow directions. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just follow. Why do you take a breath, okay? But, dude, it's a weed out tool, you know, like typos on a resume. You just round file those suckers because you got a whole bunch of other ones with no typos to look through. See? Okay. So, in any case, I'm just saying that audition ends in five days. You can tell I've hired people before, can't you? So, please, please (laughs) get your auditions in. Listen to the nice man. I know a bunch of you are going to wait till the last minute, but please don't. Spare our sanity. A bunch you of them will anyway. They will. But Five minutes case, to the deadline. You have until midnight Pacific time on June 7th. So, so turn in your lines and read your instructions so you don't make this man crazy. Too late. That's true. All right, so. Okay, your your hysteria is still creeping in. So I have no hysteria. It, it was. I'm, your voice is like cracking and no, breaking. I'm, I'm fine. Otherwise, you're going through some sort of life change. Listen, we've got like. 1,100 things on our to-do list, so I'm a little stressed out. No, we don't. We kind of do. No. Yeah. We're like no, pun- punching just... the to-do list in the face this week. We're like, And yet it just keeps regenerating bam, more bam, faces. And... It's got like a million faces. <laughs> it's no, it just, doesn't. It's None of them are pretty, let me tell you. Whoa. Okay, so if you recall a little while back, uh, Tabula Rasa, uh, it's still airing this season as you... No, I'm sure you are good, faithful listeners, but it, um... Boy, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. I'm getting there. Let me tell you this thing, good and faithful listeners, offended. It briefly (laughs) went on, um, hiatus in terms of sending scripts out while the, uh, mixing and everything was caught up, uh, uh, like a between seasons hiatus. So there'll be a bit of a break after this season ends, which you folks still have months to listen to until you get to the end. However, the scripts for that have resumed and Jack Kalk is back in the writer's chair and he's getting them things going. So it is back uh, moving along there. So that's good news. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's news and it's back and it's going in season two. He's working on it right now. Okay. Scripting it. Yes. What? Season two, scripting now. You know, if he doesn't script them, you can't star in them. So maybe you should be no, a little happier. I was just saying that sentence because that was like the entire sum of the news item. I just collapsed it into four words. <laughs> I edited you. <laughs> I can collapse it into three words. Go to hell. See? That's efficient editing, folks. Right there. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, I so... I totally won that one, y'all. Oh! Oh, yeah. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Pendant Picnic is in just under two weeks. Yes. Yes! No, exactly no. two weeks. Wait. The 16th? Yeah, that's 14 plus two. Uh, this is the second. Yeah, that's it's about two weeks. Two weeks. Approximately. Right. So, if you are going to be in the LA area or you'd like to come, send me an email, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y at PendantAudio.com, and I'll give you the details. Yeah. Your last chance, because this is a related news item, there won't be another TWIP for three weeks, I think, because uh, the next one would have been when the picnic is going on. Right, so. Right, so the next TWIP won't be until June 30th. So, actually, that's, that's a bit of a time, so. Wow. Right? I miss you guys. You're awesome. Who are you speaking to specifically? Those people. Which ones? Uh, the listeners that we love. Oh, but not the ones we don't love. Right. Screw you guys. Forget them. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's the end of the news items. I threw my post-it in. You went, totally did. Right it in was a circle, cool. And it just landed it just, in like, my lap. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. From the West Midlands in the UK, we have David Alt. Hello, David. Hello. Hi there. How's it going? Ah, oh, it's not too bad, thank you. It's uh, for once on a bank holiday. It is sunny, with uh, not too much clouds. So uh, yes, all is good. Ah, oh, that's nice. I don't know how you pulled that off, but that's nice. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Contacts in the right places. Ah, that does help. Perhaps it's all that you know, mystical. Yeah. connections and stuff you've been uh, representing it, it does help yeah. the, from a variety of quarters as well um <laughs> you know, not just embodying ancient celtic gods but uh being steward of autumn and uh yeah i, I sort of get around a bit and and get you get to know people once you've uh, once you've traveled well, that, yeah that helps that that, that that can't hurt no 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 it's it's a lot of fun actually i mean uh in the summer of 2010, I, I traveled all across North America, as me, not as anyone else, um, and met a huge variety of people from across the audioverse. Uh, and that was, that was quite eye-opening and ear-opening. <laughs> and, and I believe um, we got to see some of that on YouTube. Indeed. Unfortunately, yes. Um, wow, we have jumped right in here, haven't we? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's almost as if you were talking to me before pressing record. What? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, it's, uh, I, you can see bits of me on YouTube. Well, not obviously bits of me, but bits of me on YouTube. And um, yes, there's, there's me being Sam and me being Byron. You can even find me singing on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is one of those amazing things. Mm. Just has... Just has a lot of everything in. Singing. Yes, singing. singing. In fact, yes, yes. Uh, I did. Uh, I, are you familiar with uh, Gilbert and Sullivan? I've heard of them. <laughs> uh, well, they, they, they did a lot of work around the turn of the last century. Um, they did uh, operettas. Yes. Things like the Mikado, uh, Yeoman of the Guard, and various other things like that. And uh, for, I, I used to work at the Planetarium here in Birmingham. And uh, I decided, well, it's a long story, but to, to cut it short, I decided to do some constellation songs based on Gilbert and Sullivan's operettas. So, for example, uh, I, it started off with the little list of autumn constellations. Uh, I, I, the, the song is, uh, I've, I'll put it on the list, I've got a little list, and they'll none of them be missed, they'll none of them be missed which you may or may not know, but um, it started in, in that autumn. And then uh, I had the Dead Hunters song, which is uh, the policeman's song, but about Orion in winter, uh, and so on. You know, there's, there's four of these constellation songs on the uh, Think Tank Planetarium YouTube channel. Wow. So, I had no idea about the musical part of you. Ah, yes. Did I tell you I'm a cellist? I did not know that either. Ah, well, ah. It's not really actually something that tends to go on audio, really. Well, I say that, but no one's asked for a cellist. Interestingly, when I was in... I, I know that I'm probably going completely off tangent. You haven't even asked me any questions yet. I'll no, no. How are you doing? Please. Um, <laughs> by all means. 
<laughs> uh, I, I went to India for six months uh, from October 08 through to March 09. And uh, I was performing Shakespeare. And it, this was after I, I had had two years at drama school where I did all of my voice recording actually in the linen closet uh, because that was all nicely lined with with um, you know, towels and sheets and things. So it's perfect recording space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, oh, I, I, I'm sure you've got questions about uh, certain um, things later, but I did record a, all of my Jeff scenes in there. And uh, there are some interesting <laughs> things from Vegas that... Uh, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, that, 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 were, <laughs> that were a bit strange to hear in shared accommodation coming out from a linen closet. Uh, so <laughs> after two years of being at, um, at drama school, I, I'd, I was ready to move on. And uh, basically I found, uh, cutting a long story short, I found this, this uh, opportunity to go to America what am I talking about? India, to go to India and perform Shakespeare. And it just so happened that the director had been looking for A, a man, and B, a cellist, of which I happen to be both. And uh, they, and, and so off I went to India for six months and I was playing uh, the Bach and a company cello suites um, as part of Measure for Measure, uh, which was, that was a, a very, very strange experience. Um, but... Uh, it's also an incredibly strange experience to try and do voice recording in a country that doesn't seem to have any windows. And where I was, uh, it was it was rather hot, as you might expect. Even on Christmas Day, it was about 25 degrees uh, Celsius, which is what? Uh, top 70s uh, in Fahrenheit, something like that. Um, Google don't fail me now. <laughs> uh, I remember that, it, that 28 is 82, I think, so that's... Uh, Kind of how I remember it. It's one of those 16 and 61. They reverse the figures, so it's an easy way to remember 16, 61, 28, 82. Anyway, um, 77. So 77. There you go. So it was, it was top 70s on Christmas Day. So it was it was bakingly hot all year round, um, mm. and uh, I uh, <laughs> yeah, there were no windows in anywhere. There there was you could have nice decorative stuff over the windows uh, like made of um, clay or, or concrete or, or, or whatever but there was no glass in the windows which meant that um, it was very difficult for things to be quiet and I had you to have wait. concrete over a window does it still classify and, well as a no but there's still gaps in that concrete to let the light through ah. it wasn't concreted over it was just decorative pieces of concrete in the window. Oh, okay. Kind of Making a grill, even. But it was still open to the outside world. And mm. there were a lot of motorbikes over there. Uh, and, and those can be quite noisy as they go down the road next to you. But that's, yeah. <laughs> I managed, uh, with motorbikes and kittens and all sorts of things, to get all of my voice recording done and in on time. Um, whilst I was over in India. Cool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So, um, what inspired you to become, or or who or or what inspired you to become a voice actor? Ooh, right. The beginnings. Um, I think probably 
my motivation pretty much for everything uh doctor who um i i was i was lucky enough to be born at the beginning of the 80s so i just remember uh the end of colin baker as the doctor and uh i i remember watching sylvester mccoy who is my doctor uh on tv as it was broadcast on bbc one Mm -hmm. and of course in 1989 suddenly that was it no more and there was the tv movie in 96 uh, and then various things came online through the doctor who website through the bbc like uh, uh, a piece called death comes to time which was an audio drama with cartoons drawn in for it so mm. you still had uh, that voice um, but even before then when I used to go to sleep as a kid I listened to audio drama I, I listened to things like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm -hmm. which after listening to it as you go to sleep for years uh, I can quote line by line if if you need me to <laughs> uh, and uh, no so I, I, I've grown up with with stories with audio drama and it came to the point once I'd seen Death Comes to Time and, and other things like that that the BBC brought out that I, I wanted to um, find some fan audio and, and search. And, and so I found a, a variety of things. There was uh, BTR, Back to Reality Productions. Those are based in Australia. Um, and one that was based over here called Floor 10. Uh, and then I came across Darker Projects and they had a Doctor Who series. Uh, I also found some a variety of other series that they had, like Night Terrors, and decided to to you know, join the uh, the group and the message boards. And um, it was basically through that that I saw an audition, just a two line uh, crewman in uh, the Section Thirty One files. And oh yes, I remember those. Uh, and then yeah, that was where I got. Um, I found I was sort of discovered and got Byron Chronicles and 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 so the story goes on. So basically you can say that it's a, a heady mix of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Doctor Who. Okay. Well that explains um, your your comment earlier when we first connected about <laughs> being the David Tennant of, of interviews being my, mm -hmm. my tenth. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it wasn't just a, a, a lackadaisical um, Doctor Who reference. It was, ah! <laughs> I do actually like Doctor Who quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and we kind of skipped over this, but as, as usual, we have um, questions from me and questions from those that have been submitted in through mm -hmm. uh, penandaudio.com. Um, this one comes in from from the submitted questions do you consider yourself to be the audio equivalent of benedict cumberbatch <laughs> ooh um ooh famous for playing sherlock of course uh, i have played sherlock holmes uh, through uh, robin patterson's kung fu action theater uh that's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful part to play. 
Uh, but do I consider myself the audio equivalent? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of audio equivalent in, in, in what sense? I, I, I tell you what, I, I know that I this is sort of bringing in Doctor Who again, but one of the people that, in, that is very, very inspiring for me is David Tennant. The fact that he has a natural Scottish accent, but um, he then has the sort of estuary London for, for Doctor Who. And if you've ever listened to him uh, doing any of his um, uh, dramatic readings of the Doctor Who books, uh, you get to hear just what a tremendous span of voices that guy can do. And I, I think not just for being able to play the Doctor on TV. Uh, I, I would very much like to to think that I can get to that stage where I've got that many voices and, and can be so distinct as to... Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to find the words, but yeah, that's, that's who I'd like to be the audio equivalent of. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch... Well, <laughs> a good question. Uh, I'd just like to know what exactly about Benedict Cumberbatch I would be the equivalent of. Um, well, hopefully somebody will submit a follow-up the next mm. time your interview comes around. Yes, absolutely. Although with the number of people on Pendant at the moment, it might be another few years before I get another shot shot at that. Um, but they can always uh, connect with me via Twitter, and then we can um, I can answer their question that way. Awesome. So, you play a lot of characters. Yes. How do you keep track of them all voice-wise and, and separate them in your head and <sighs> remember who sounds like what? I mean, it's a party in there, right? Yes, and and I remember when I was doing the narration of a book called Fallen Heroes. Um, I I would <laughs> the uh, the the author Barry Nugent had very distinct descriptions of each of the voices, uh, and so it would be uh, blah 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 said this guy in his deep southern accent, and I just I I would just read it and go. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and even when I'm um, doing, uh, oh, in fact, uh, over at Dream Realm um, on Robots of the Company, uh, I play the Titan computer, and it's got um, some very strange voices because it, it suffered a, a, a breakdown or something, uh, and so it it hops between voices, and and so it's got bad Australian. Um, upper class twit and uh, annoyed Frenchman and it hops between those three uh, and and yeah I, I've been asked to do some very strange voices uh, in my time but how do I keep track of them that they have I have had to at, at certain times write down you know, this voice is this that voice is that uh, and and simply have a, a, a list uh, of things um, I don't know. It, it seems to have transpired that as time has gone on, because I've been doing this now for, for quite a while. It's it's must be about eight years now um, <clears throat> that my roles seem to be getting more into the sort of classic British voice. So my normal voice, basically, 
Um, there are a few exceptions where, say, in Leviathan Chronicles, Christoph said, um, actually, I don't want you just to be your normal voice. I want you to bring it down a couple of tones, make it make it a bit deeper. Um, and you take that to its logical extreme when I'm playing Lothos in Quantum Retribution uh, over at Darker Projects. It, it sort of goes, I have to go all the way down, down, down. I have to sort of uh, hook right the way down so that it's all down here. Um, which makes me sound like my old chaplain, actually. Uh, that's a different matter entirely. Um, but, uh, yeah, how do I keep track? I I don't know. Uh, there, there are certain voices which are very which stand out like Sam, like Jeff um, uh, and, and some which it, it, I just sort of see the name and it's kind of, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the previous versions because I can't actually remember. So thank goodness for the internet, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with all the stuff that you've done and as long as you've been doing it, Mm-hmm. Are there roles that you've done previously that you wouldn't do nowadays? <laughs> uh, ooh. That's another very good question. What, the, what wouldn't I do? Uh, um, a couple of stage characters that I wouldn't do. Well, that was university, so that's, you know, gets me out of that. Um <laughs> Audio-wise, no, I, I don't think so, because everything I've done has been instructive. Um, it's always been fun to do. I, I, I've never... I, I've tried to keep the the feeling that it's just... It, it's a lot of fun, and, and it's something that I enjoy doing, and if people listen to it and, and enjoy it, then so much the better. Um, I don't expect anything more than just being able to send my lines in and listen to it myself so yeah i i i don't think there's there is anything that i wouldn't do now uh i know there was one role where i was meaning to be french but i kept on lurching into german and so so i must have been (laughs) on the border and just hopping backwards and forwards. And so there, there, there have been times where I have had to do a lot of re-recording. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly Alicia and um, Renee did some wonderful accent police uh, on me because when I, was, when I was being Jeff, I started off quite nasal in a sort of, oh, hi there, I'm going, I'm going to do an American accent now. And it, and it sounds really nasal, but that's kind of how we kind of hear you guys over here. Uh, this is this is just basic American, um, and so they they said no, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> no, yeah. I, and I would I would quite frequently get um, <laughs> get them saying, "Can you re-record this line with a sound file of this is what it should sound like." <laughs> Do it this way. <laughs> yeah, that that probably doesn't fit the Jeff character that nasally. He's no a bit no. more staunch. Or, yeah, uh, there's more body yeah. to him. Yeah, and it's 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 hard to imagine a voice like that being as sexy as Jeff is. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
and half the pendant women went, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other half went, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even a few of the pendant guys as well. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I, I, I suppose I should, just, just for everyone at home, everyone who's listening, say, <clears throat> hello, beautiful. I, I think that, that was a necessary... We were going to do that either at the top or at the bottom yeah, of this. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be done. It, it hasn't been done for so long. Yeah. I, I kind of miss Jeff. Well, hopefully the... Uh, well, we'll come back to Vegas, but hopefully that'll be coming yes. back around soon. So mm-hmm. what um, what kind of role have you not done that you'd really like to sink your teeth into? Ooh... I have to admit, I would love to play Sherlock Holmes more. I just done it, did it for that one story. I think it was for the um, Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Mm-hmm. That when I was visiting Rob Rob Patterson in London, Ontario, in 2010, he, he said, "Right, sit down, record that." Uh, Sherlock Holmes is a brilliant character to play. Uh, I'd love to spend more time playing the Doctor because I've I've done that at darker projects, but. Uh, uh, production can be a little bit um, a little bit backed up. Real mm-hmm. life has to get in the way somewhat. Uh, it's I I was discussing this actually uh, over the weekend uh, about the differences between the US and the UK. How um, in the US with with things like Star Trek, uh, the the mentality behind that is right. We're exploring. And if some, something comes up against us, we're going to shoot it and prove that we're the best. Forgive me if I'm oversimplifying and, and, and being casually racist here. Um, in the UK, we've got anti-heroes like the Doctor, who, who, who doesn't partake in any violence and tries to find other ways around it and then uh, doesn't like big celebrations and just sort of slips off quietly. And and so I, I don't know whether it's cultural, but I, I'd like to play more of those anti-heroes like Sherlock Holmes, like the Doctor, um, because I, I find them inspiring. But, yeah, I think like Holmes, more popular iterations in the United States probably really didn't get into the darker side of Holmes. Mm. I think nowadays, um, with what you've got on. Uh, CBS, one of the networks over here in the states, mm-hmm. um, you know that he's a he's a very flawed kind of character. Yes. Um, anybody that Robert Downey Jr. plays is going to be flawed, <laughs> um, just because he was very well cast for that. Um, yes. But um, you know that he's got issues. Mm-hmm. I think if you look back in the 90s or in the 80s and you look at how Holmes was um, portrayed I think it was more of the you know brilliant know everything yeah solve the really hard thing and really didn't get into he's got some issues well even in uh, things like there was a, a brilliant series that was done on ITV over here uh, starring Jeremy Brett as uh, as Sherlock Holmes, and for me, he that he is my Holmes. 
if you like. Um, mm-hmm. And whilst you don't see uh, the drug taking or anything like that, uh, there are times when Watson walks in and the apparatus is there and, and he just turns to home and says, not again. Right. And so it is there and you get to see the mood swings. You don't see the actual taking itself. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. There, I, no, I, I, I tell a lie. I think I have seen one where he even gets the, um, the rubber around his arm mm-hmm. and then disappears into a room. And it's, it's not blatant. If you didn't know what he was doing, then you would just sort of take it as an eccentricity. But otherwise, it's being very faithful to the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see Holmes in the opium den. You see... Uh, it, these things happen, and, and, and there's, there's no way of uh, escaping that. And it, and it does give the character a lot more depth. Yes. Uh, to have to to see those flaws and and I suppose yes that's in a way why I like Doctor Who as well it's, he he is a very flawed character trying to do his best but still very flawed and and so when it comes to the 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 uh, the characters that I like to play they're flawed they're anti-heroes they don't want to take any you know, they they don't want to be shown up and 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 thrust into the limelight they want to 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 shrink back and just just sort of go away and, and say there you go I've just done what I'm here to do so there yeah. I, I think to to be fair um, Star Trek isn't so much a shoot first ask questions later kind of thing <laughs> I think Gene Roddenberry was more you know diplomacy try and figure things out without going that route mm-hmm. um but I, I agree there is a lot of stuff over here that is, you know, is like that as Fast and Furious 6 opens up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting to see something like Star Trek helmed by a captain that was more flawed than we've seen in the past. Yes. Um, I think the characters that we've seen as captains have become flawed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Enterprise, with that, um, uh, the arc, where they, mm-hmm. the Zindi arc, and how far Archer was willing to go and things, lines he was willing to cross at the end of the season that he wasn't willing to do at the beginning of that, that third season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I've got to I've got to stand up for Star Trek. <laughs> that, that that's that's fair enough. Um, I I just remember uh, seeing um, some of the original series on reruns and then uh, TNG. I was I was a big fan of Voyager, uh, which I know is probably I I've probably I, I I lost half of the people when I said um, Star Trek is shoot first, ask, ask questions later, and I probably just lost the other half of people when I said that. <laughs> I liked Voyager. Um, because Voyager at least had a it, it had a great premise, yes. That actually we're going home, and and it's going to be very difficult, and we might just die on the way. Um, whereas things like, well, the the, the previous two um, franchises uh, were just we're going out to have a look and see what's around. 
so I, I, from what I saw of, of original series and TNG, yeah, Captain Kirk either shot it or, or, or did something else to it that we can't mention on a family program. Um, <laughs> and uh, Picard and the TNG. Ah, I don't know. I just I just remember from from someone that was brought up on no violence, absolutely no violence. Uh, you must try everything else, and even then, don't resort to violence uh, from Doctor Who. Uh, I always found them firing up phasers and 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 getting the torpedo tubes ready just that little bit too often. Mm. I don't know. I, I, obviously, uh, there are, there are differences between our countries, like the fact that we have um, nationalised healthcare and no and gun control, uh, and you know. <laughs> That sort of that automatically starts a different, a different kind of outlook on society, uh, and, and that affects the art. Yes, exactly. We don't like guns, and we want everyone to be okay, <laughs> and not have to pay for it. <laughs> right. Well, without going down that rabbit hole, because we could be here. Well, we could be here all day in the whole Star I know. Trek and and and, <laughs> and whatnot. Um, let's talk more about David. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, that, let's get off the philosophy. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> So, um, let, let's spin this in a completely different direction. Okay, okay. Um, do you miss playing a wacky German scar soldier? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just scar troopers. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Ah, uh, yeah, I miss the bonds. And I miss Helmut. Oh, oh. And we had, I, I think we had the penny for the comedy duo or something like that. Uh, yes, I don't remember which one, but I do, I, you got at least one. Ah, uh, it's a pity, pity to lose them. Pity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Scar Trooper 2 was a lot of fun to play um and philip weber was was just brilliant as uh, as my other half he uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh we we were able to to bounce off each other and and we you know we coordinated a couple of other things for things like the pendies and and and, and yeah it was it was it was fun and and uh I, if we could have our own spin-off series that'd be great <laughs> Not, not that I'm not that I'm asking, Jeffrey. Um, hey, you know what? I keep telling Jeffrey we never saw a body at the end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think there's plenty of room. <laughs> but that's another story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't told me to stop saying that yet. So there you go. Oh, good. So that's okay. Let's hope. Let's hope for them yet. I'll, I'll keep dusting off the German accent from time to time then, <laughs> just in case. So, um, Scar was fun. Your, yes. your Scar Soldier was fun. Yes. Um, getting a little bit more um, serious and somewhat not serious. Um, <laughs> Jeff in Vegas. Ooh. This this show to me was a very cool concept because I love mm -hmm. the idea of taking fairy tales and putting them in modern day. 
Yes. Or basing a modern day story around a fairy tale or many fairy tale concepts and seeing how they cross over. Yes. So what made you go for a role like Jeff <sighs> to begin with? Wow. Uh, I think it was, um, Vegas came out at the time where I was basically auditioning for everything and just seeing what I got. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I wasn't fully aware of what Vegas would become. Uh, and so... Yeah, I certainly didn't expect it to be one of my most popular roles. Um, yeah, those two words, hello, beautiful, have become quite synonymous, really. <laughs> um, it's been, yeah. What made me go for it? I don't know. As I say, I think it was basically because I was auditioning for everything and um, just thought, well, I'm up for, for any challenge. Let's okay. see. Let's see what I can do. And of course, as it grew and it grew, and I, I, I loved the writing and I loved the concept. As he said, it's it's a fantastic concept. And and basically, as as it grew and grew, I, I kind of kept on begging Alicia and Renee to make my lines less and less because it was it's difficult um, to go that far away from. Uh, your natural accent and to make it believable because a scar trooper yeah german is it's it's a comedy accent over here mm -hmm. um but to to do sort of full-on american and especially for a listenership which is basically american uh broadly speaking it it you know you feel like you're It, you're 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 that far in disguise. You're you're actually trying to fool other people into thinking that you're something that you're really not. You know, I'm I'm not American, but so the other things have been very have been quite natural. An American wasn't for me, and and it was a great challenge, in fact, and a good challenge. So, well. I know people have enjoyed it, especially those two words. Um, <laughs> but one of the questions we had um, submitted in um, now kind of makes sense, and I have to wonder if it was one of those two that, that sent it in. <laughs> um, if you could change one thing about Jeff, what would it be? The accent? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a line put into that, that first episode, or maybe it was a second episode, of, of yeah, I've traveled around a bit, so my accent kind of changes. Um, just to excuse any slips, but um, no, there's nothing I'd change. I, I just want a, a final resolution. I, I, I want closure for for Vegas. Yeah, you're about to get Jeff. married. Yes. Um, That's uh, right, I, ladies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I, I it, it the, the the 
the stoppage of Vegas came at such a a, a, a difficult interval for Jeff. So if there's one thing I would change, it's the fact that Vegas stopped. Um, the accent, as I said, was a challenge, but it was a brilliant challenge. It was a good challenge. It was it was really good for me, and allowed me to play a character that I would not normally play, which is kind of the sexy alpha male. Um, I remember at drama school that we had to, we did a an exercise where we had to play something to type and something against type. And I can't remember what it was that was to type, but it was probably some posh British guy uh, or something like that. But the, the, the one I did uh, that was not to type was uh, Stanley in A Streetcar Named Desire. Because it was that sexy alpha male that could just have, that was very still, very powerful. And it allowed me to, to work on something completely new. And Jeff in Vegas helped that enormously. It helped me see a new range of uh, acting style and, and characters that, that in fact, yes, I could play. So I, I have a tremendous fondness for Jeff and for everything about him because he's opened up quite a lot for me. Very cool. Um, yeah, Jeff's arc has gotten really meaty. So mm. right when right when it went on on hold, so and yes. I've said this in other interviews, we're we're all really hoping that that uh, we know it's being worked on. Um, yes, we're all hoping yes. that it comes around soon. Um, another question for for the the Jeff character was were were any of the scenes difficult to do? <laughs> I, I think we're going to get the linen closet again. I, I think we are. Yes, that that was. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, Vegas Five. Um, it's it's an iconic scene in Vegas where after the credits. Um, the script just said 30 seconds of sexy noises ending in climax. And I looked at that and I thought, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you want me to do what? <laughs> um, and, and then, yes, thinking of the, uh, of the accommodation I was in, which was shared student accommodation in a Methodist church, I'm thinking, I've got to make those sounds on my own in a linen closet. And this linen closet was on the main hall on the second floor. Uh, and there was a time, I think it was probably during some of the shouty scenes where I was fighting Hector, that someone knocked on the door and asked if I was okay. <laughs> I remember opening it sort of, mid growl and <laughs> this, this young girl was just looked up at me really wide-eyed and slightly concerned and very brave yes it's like i'm mid jeff go away <laughs> um 
but uh, yeah, so so sexy noises and uh, and things like that were were. I I wouldn't say. I wouldn't like to say that any of the scenes have been difficult, as such. Challenging, yes. Logistically. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been challenged very much by that character, but difficult? No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Other than logistically, yes, because uh, it's either that or I'm in India trying to trying to do it over the noises of kittens and motorbikes. <laughs> Very good then. Um, let's let's talk Genesis Avalon. Ah. <laughs> so you've yes. been chewing on Sam. I say, sir. For <laughs> was that a bad way to put it? <laughs> chewing um, on Sam. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, Actually, uh, uh, sorry, is, that, that, that might just be a, a US-UK thing, but... Uh, it, no, it, I just kind of said that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot ruder over here. Oh, um, is it? I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and, and in fact, um, this, this may or may not end, make it into the final cut, but uh, I remember um, someone... Well, the word fanny over in the US means bottom. Right. Over here, it doesn't mean that. Okay. It, it it means something around that area on a lady. Okay. Uh, and so when people describe having a fanny pack, um, obviously it makes people over here snigger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, if I said something, if, if that phrase was something translated, then my apologies. Oh no, that's that's fine. <laughs> Maybe uh, you want to get back to that, to that. So, so moving on to Sam. Uh, yes. So, you, so you've been playing Sam. Yes. For um, God, we're on our fourth season now. Yes. Fourth and and final sniff sniff. Very sad. <laughs> um, four years. Mm-hmm. And and actually more than that because because Cat has uh, has had this in the the pipeline for a long time and before it was a pendant show it was yeah. Uh, yeah it was sort of independent I think and then became pendant. So were you Exodus in the before pendant? Yes, Cat was Cat was very um, keen for me to be Sam and. Uh, and, and she wanted me to to rough it up a bit. Okay. Uh, so we've got that sort of estuary. I, I if you think that Jeff was a difficult character or a different a difficult accent for me, Sam has been torture at times uh, because I've just listened to it, listened back to it, and thought, oh my goodness, I sound Australian. <laughs> And, and, and I, or I sound like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. <laughs> Hello, Genesis Avalon. <laughs> um, and and oh, uh, it, it's sort of the, the bad Cockney kind of thing. That, and I think because it's a British accent, I feel a lot more self-conscious about it than one from another culture. 
Uh, I'm I'm not so self-conscious about an American accent, but the British accent that is Sam is so difficult, and and, and the the four years have been whenever I've got a Genesis Avalon script through, I've been kind of dreading opening it because I, I don't want to see how many lines Sam has. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's... <laughs> I am very, very challenged by that accent. Well, you've also had to scream a lot. Yes, yes. Um, in fact, there's been more screaming and grunting in Genesis Avalon than there has been in pretty much any other... Uh, anything else that I played? Um, Exodus is fun. He's yeah, Sam is great fun, and um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just it's a difficult character. Um, I'm trying to think who's who's more snarky, Sam or Jeff? Uh, I think Sam has got his cheeky boy. <laughs> kind of thing he's he's very um yeah it doesn't really matter kind of thing uh, and he can get away with it jeff gets away with it in other ways uh like if it's with tessa he knows which buttons to push to um to to get <laughs> to get away with it mm. so i think i think in terms of snark it's probably sam mm but they've both got their ways of, of getting around their respective women. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, what motivated you to go for Exodus back in the day, or what made you agree when if if it was Kat that approached you? Uh, do you know how hard it is to say to, no to Kat? Uh, <laughs> 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 um, well, I... I, I, Kat asked me. I I said yes. Okay. <laughs> it's it was as simple as that. I, I'm I'm always very honoured when when anyone asks me to do anything. So yeah, I it was basically wow. Someone wants me to be in their production. It's <laughs> great. So uh, and and someone is as good a writer as Kat. I, I mean, when I saw those first scripts, I thought, yeah, this is good. Um, I, I've had a, a pleasure to work with a lot of really good writers uh, in my time so far. Um, Kat is one of them, Christoph another, and, and uh, Eric at doing the Byron Chronicles. Yeah, there, there are certain peoples whose writing just just makes the actor's job so much easier. You just you do simply say the lines because the lines are just there, mm-hmm. and um, so Sam, for all his, for all the difficulty I've had in getting the voice right, uh, I think it's the one time I've been perfectionist in terms of audio drama. Um, it's it's because it's really good writing. I have been a big fan of the show since it came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you guys have been um, just phenomenal, <laughs> just absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, I could go on and on about that, <laughs> like really on and on. Um, That's why it was so great meeting Laura Post. Um, 
three years ago. Oh, she's she's brilliant. We we played so many um, so many online audio drama pairs. Yes, she has mentioned that. Yeah, Byron and Chris Sparrow, uh, all the way through to to um, Sam and Jaina and beyond. I'm sure that I'm sure that there'll be plenty more in the future. And she's she's wonderful. As you know, she's absolutely wonderful. Oh yeah. Um, in fact, and what? I mean, anyone in the audio drama universe that I, I've I've met or I've talked to that hasn't been brilliant. It's it's it seems to be one of those um, one of those areas where it just attracts really nice people. Mm. And really fun people. Uh, I, I wonder if it's because it's it's the, the the whole thing is about giving away your time to do things, um, just just out of the, the the goodness of your heart. It's not about getting fame or fortune or anything. It's about making stuff that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And and in that way, yeah, I think the audio drama just attracts nice people. Well, everyone that I've gotten to, to talk to have, have been awesome in our conversations before interviews and during and after. And hopefully that's come out and over the, the last now 10 interviews of, of people mm-hmm. for TWIP. But yeah, uh, yeah I totally Thank agree you. with that. I'll, I'll send you the stuff via PayPal. <laughs> excellent um so did you in the beginning see sam and exodus as two separate characters or have they always been one or how has that worked for you um i've always very much understood it that sam and exodus are the same person Mm -hmm. just with a, a little extra ability to fly and command storms and things like that uh and I think in in my voice, I haven't. I think I started back at the beginning making a reasonable distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. Exodus being a lot deeper and more well, stronger in a way. Uh, but over time, I've sort of integrated the two back together again, so that it's. Yes, there is a slight distinction, I'd like to think, um, but it's very much, they are the same person. Okay. So, yeah. And how early on did you know that Sam and Jaina would have the kind of relationship that they had? <laughs> um, mm, I don't know. I, I don't know if Kat told me of you know, Warning Beacon, they're going to end up in bed together. Um, because to begin with, it was all Jaina saying, get off my turf, I don't yeah. need you. Um, and him saying, we're partners, come on. Uh, you can't face all of this alone. And then, yeah, then then when I got the script and it's kind of, Oh, okay. 
I see where all that energy is going now. And uh, it's here we are. Laura Post and I are sleeping together again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know how early I knew it could have been on the script where the, finally all the tension is resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been... Sam has been a, a really fun character to play. Yeah. Very cool. Um, how do you get into the role? Uh, for Sam? Yes. Uh, oof. Uh, by taking the, taking the script right up to the line's deadline and then sitting myself down and saying, you have to do this. <laughs> breathing in a few times um, <laughs> and then uh, just just going for it really and thankfully it's uh, as I said before it's one of those where the writing just makes it easy and mm-hmm. uh, I just have to go right okay All right, and off we go line 35 and, and we're gone is there anything that you draw on for Sam Whiskey. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Please note, you must be over 21 in the United States to listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's... I think it's the writing that, that, that I draw on, the fact that the character is very well defined by the history, mm-hmm. by what we've done so far. And then, then by the writing, that it does become easy. And I, I always chide myself at the end, saying, "Well, that wasn't so difficult, now was it? It wasn't worth making so much of a fuss, of a fuss about." <laughs> and um, yeah, and on I go. Um, yeah, so there's there's nothing particular that I draw on other than the writing. Okay. So we've got the Scar Trooper, mm-hmm. we've got Jeff and mm-hmm. Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, seminar? I have done a few bits of seminar, yes. Uh, I, if you go right back to the beginning, I'm somewhere there in Black Joe Coffee. Being, being you know, the, the, the really stereotypical guy behind the coffee bar uh, mm. in the coffee shop, Black Joe Coffee. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I did audition for the instructor a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, but there have been other ones. I, I'm pretty sure I remember a seminar script where I was playing someone in a conference call and aliens land or something. Oh yeah, um, remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, um, mm. Do you have a favorite pendant roll? Uh, well, it's also the pendant Shakespeare as well. Um, oh, yes. Because I'm, I'm in Othello now as well. Mm-hmm. I've done the Scottish play. Have I done this? Yes, I was Macduff, wasn't I? Yes. Yes. Oh, good grief. I'm, I'm, 
my my head is everywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, as a pen, a favourite role. Um, I, I think out of out of what we've said. Other than the sonnets, pendant sonnets, Shakespeare, because uh, I, I love Shakespeare. It's, it's once again that's somewhere where the writing is just—it's there and it's all there in the text. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably Jeff. I have a lot of fun with Jeff, and and I don't know if you you do this when you're recording, but there are certain body positions that you get into for different characters. And uh, for example, when I'm doing Byron there is a difference between his ordinary voice and his narration voice, which manifests manifests itself in the body rather than just in the voice. Um, when, when Byron is narrating, my head is generally in my hands. I'm just resting my head on my hand. And, and I think for Jeff, there is a wonderfully relaxed feeling uh, for for that voice, and it's it's a very fluid feeling. It, it, he's, he's, Jeff has got a very definite flow about him that's really relaxed, but is is obviously ready to you know with the wolf to just to go for something. But the rest of the time is is very laid back, and so both in terms of me and my voice, I, I, I think Jeff is probably my favorite pendant voice role. That probably makes, that's probably what makes those two words. So mm-hmm. those two words. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so of the current pendant roles, which one do you think is closest? Of the current pendant roles, um, Sam, I think probably uh, has is quite close to me because uh, Sam is now he started off being quite brash, but over the course of the seasons. Uh, he's developed an awful lot uh, in in his own vulnerability. Uh, when it comes to Jaina, obviously very much in love, and that has given him a depth. Uh, and I, I, I think he's he's a really wonderful character. That there's an awful lot going on behind beneath the surface I think he's become less reactionary yes more tactical yes and, and more tactile not, yes <laughs> yeah I was going to say not just in the um, in the fighting mm. aspect of him but I think he's become more tactical um, at least from my perspective listening to mm-hmm. to Sam all these years yeah. Yeah, I think probably uh, if I'm going to say anyone, it's probably going to be going to be Sam because he's. I think he's grown up a lot mm. over the seasons, and um, yeah. Well, fighting the right hand of Satan will do that. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, switching gears a little bit, do you have, well, you obviously have the acting bug. How about um, writing or directing? Well, uh, I, I have written some... Uh, a, a couple of the Doctor Who's over at Tucker Projects. Um, uh, I wrote a Night Terrors episode for for there. Uh, so I, I do a bit of writing. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's it's trouble is it's not something I I often sit down to do, um, and I, I really should sit down and do more writing. Uh, when I was doing the Jodcast, uh, which is an astronomy podcast, um, I was there from the beginning, January 06, to uh, well, my retirement show, which wasn't my last, but it was the one where I retired from doing it full time, January 2011. And I did, uh, a, um, I would have a, a pastiche intro-outro every month uh, so I started off in, in March of 06 as um, a little sort of Star Trek thing of mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're picking up a, a signal from the planet uh, it's audio only it seems to be coming from the University of Manchester uh, and, and so and so it went on so we, we had Harry Potter we had uh, Doctor Who we had Law and Order we had all loads of different things and I wrote them all and and yeah edited them all together and and used people from pendant from everywhere else across the audioverse to to be the voices of these and um so from that point of view I have done a bit of of the directing uh but haven't gone so far as to do a full 30 minutes so there is an interest there but I I, I prefer to be acting I must mm-hmm. admit prefer to be this side of the mic very good well if um you're looking to do something short Mm -hmm. there's always some the ability to submit something for seminar that's true and in fact i've got I, i do have the occasional few scripts that uh that i i should really dig out um i should dust off and and have a look through uh, yeah, it's it's something that I'm. I now that I'm. Yeah, I, it's something that I'm very. I would very much look at in the future. Very cool. So here's your opportunity to um, tell everybody everywhere you are, because I know I've heard you all over the place. Some, some of which um, <laughs> you've kind of casually mentioned throughout the interview. Um, I'm such a name dropper. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where are you? And you know, if any of the roles like really stand out, you know, we we know what you've been doing in Pennant. What else are you doing? Wow. Well, uh... deep breath. <gasps> <gasps> a lot of the scripts that that I am getting nowadays are from Colonial Radio Theatre which is based over in Massachusetts, um, in Boston. And uh, Jerry Robbins has got me, well, I, I've been doing the uh, the announcer job for him, so I, I get to say, 
For the Colonial Radio Theatre on the air, this is David Alt speaking. Um, because that's that's very much, well, as far as I understand it, quite an American thing to have an announcer um, who then says their name at the end. Because I, I, over here we just don't don't do that. Um, mm. uh, and yeah, so that's that's fun to do. But I've also played a lot of meteor roles. Like uh, I I was the narrator and older Jim in Moon. Uh, Alter John, John in Moonfleet, uh, which was that was a huge role because um, being a narrator there all the time, um, but also playing Alder Jim in uh, Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island and Return to Treasure Island, uh, mm. another narration role, and also with some uh, some dialogue at the end, uh, then. More recently, War of the Worlds. Uh, we've uh, we've been doing that, um, and I got to say those immortal words no one would have believed in the last years of the nineteenth century. Dot dot dot. Uh, that's cool. that. Oh, that's great fun. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that yeah, that took two days to get all the way through that script. Um, it's it's just it's huge. Um, other places where I am, well, I've I've mentioned things like Dream Realm. I've mentioned Leviathan Chronicles, uh, playing Mayor Sinter. Um, I, I I'm thankful to do anything with Christoph. He's he's a, a brilliant writer, but an amazing person. He's he's a wonderful guy. He's six foot five, just towers over you, and he's just there being brilliant. Uh, and he's just full of energy, full of life, and and uh, and and full of joy. And it's it's brilliant. And he's, it, I, I, I'm losing words again, uh, and sounding a bit old and doddery. But yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Then uh, what else? Ah, uh, <sighs> yeah. It, it does I? I I lose track, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm hoping that darker projects will get a few more things out, uh, and there are um, I do a couple of bits over at Broken Sea. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I do a lot of stuff. I'm yeah. open to offers. If if anyone wants me to be to be part of whatever they do, I'm happy. Drop me a line. And how can they do that? Uh, they can do that um, over Facebook. Just search for me. Uh, Twitter, at AstroTour2010. Uh, or there's my website, davidalt.co.uk. Very, very cool. I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, Hit me. What, what were those two words again? <laughs> hello beautiful okay and with that <laughs> david thank you very much thank you jordan it's been an absolute pleasure it has for me as well um if you would like to submit questions for people you can do that at penanaudio.com and you can follow me on twitter at jg underscore qa 
or you can find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot 5036. Someday I will get that shortened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And once again, David, thank you so much. It's been a blast. No problem. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, June 5th, Season 6, Episode 10 of The Kingery. Next time on The Kingery. Talk to me, Major. Wait, was Asa? Excuse me, you know where I can find Glass Joe? Training room, right through there. Thanks. Since a series of explosions ripped through Kingery Road. Is there any new information? Our investigation into these tragic events is continuing. We are pursuing every possible lead. And what about the public safety, sir? The fact of the matter is, this is not a safe place. It's a dangerous area owned and operated by dangerous people who commit violent crimes against each other and apparently have no qualms about any civilians who get in the way. What do we do now? First, we make sure everybody else is alright. Then we... We build. That's all we... We rebuild. For who? Only at PendantAudio.com Coming out Wednesday, June 12th, The Pen and Shakespeare, Much Ado About Nothing, Act 2. Sure, my brother is amorous on hero, and hath withdrawn her father to break with him about it. The ladies follow her, and but one visor remains. And that is Claudio. I know him by his bearing. Are not you, Signor Benedict? You know me well. I am he. Signor, you are very near my brother in his love. He is enamored on Hero. I pray you, dissuade him from her. She is no equal for his birth. You may do the part of an honest man in it. How know you he loves her? I heard him swear his affection. So did I, too. And he swore he would marry her tonight. Come, let us to the banquet. Thus answer I in the name of Benedict. But hear these ill news with the ears of Claudio. Tis certain so. The prince woos for himself. Friendship is constant in all other things save in the office of an affairs of love. Therefore all hearts in love use their own tongues. Let every eye negotiate for itself and trust no agent. For beauty is a witch against whose charms faith melted into blood. This is an accident of hourly proof, which I mistrusted not. Farewell, therefore, hero. Coming out Friday, June 14th, episode 51 of Seminar. On June 14th. Morning, Joan. How's everything? People have gone missing. No one has seen Dr. Patton since yesterday evening. And things go wrong when a government project gets loose. Ian, help me! It's loose! But what did he mean, though? What was loose? I don't know. Where are you? No, it, it can't be. It's impossible! And in the innocent woods. Greetings, fair maiden. I am here to take you away to my kingdom. (laughs) So you want me to go with you somewhere yonder where no one can see me? I thought you were pretty. 
and find out the origin of Klaus von Schlemenderfield. Listen on June 14th, 2013 to Seminar 51, only at PendantAudio.com. Look, I'm done playing this game. Semester after semester, we've gotten no answers. Coming out Wednesday, June 19th, Season 1, Episode 8 of Tabula Rasa. Someone's pulling strings behind the scenes. Next time on Tabula Rasa, the dust has settled after the gang clash. Oh, you know, big bust like this, always lots of reports and evals to do. Like I said, it just sounds like Araya was somebody important. New faces are entering the game. Will the commanding officer please identify himself? Smile. You're on camera. I'm Special Agent Sandy McGrath, United States Department of Homeland Security. And Ganymede and Gats are at one another's throats. <laughs> Look at you. If I didn't know any better, I'd think you were about to try and break my nose. Enough! The servants grow restless as Tabula Rasa Season 1, Episode 8 premieres June 19th, 2013, only at PendantAudio.com. Coming out Wednesday, June 26, episode 43 of Genesis Avalon. Next time on Genesis Avalon, a new set of heroes rise up from an unlikely place. Ben Franklin once said that a society who is willing to give up freedom for security will lose both and deserve neither. Well, maybe all they need is someone like you. Someone pointing out how wrong all of this is. It's no good. If we run across, they'll pick us off. You lot go! We'll cover! Are you crazy? Sam and Jaina face their captor. Back off! Or you'll do what? Hmm? And the attempted escape from the government prison goes horribly wrong. Someone's hot on our tail! Go! Go! Harry! Julian! Go! Genesis Avalon, episode 43, airing June 26, 2013. Only at PendantAudio.com. But he has them! Let's go! La la la, the show is almost done. Yay! <laughs> so, you know, I said, like, June 26th, and what? I think I should no, have said, I said June 26th. What? Like, no, for the Genesis Avalon trailer. Is it well, coming out June 26th instead okay, of June 26th? Okay, let's get to more so, important things. I'm very sorry, and 6th is very hard to say. Here we go. Listen. And then we did some we math. We mentioned that June 30th would be the next trip, but here's the thing. Um, July is one of those months that has five Wednesdays, which means we get, like, the first week of it off from new releases. So we actually have nothing to release that week, so we wouldn't have a trip on June 30th, which means the next trip will be July 7th. Can you even believe that? No, Can you but, even, it's you gonna know, be so long the until numbers you hear us. don't lie. 
during those previews, we were busily doing math and figuring yeah. this out. There's a lot of previews coming up, you know, for all our shows for the rest of June. And then, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, we're gonna miss you. It's gonna be like a month. Oh! It's gonna be totally sad. But the absence will make their heart grow oh so fonder. And when we come back, they'll be all over us, and they'll be like, mm, so glad you're they'll, back. They'll want to hear about, you know, the picnic oh. and stuff. I'm the sure. picnic, and we'll have um, perhaps casting news about Phantom Canyon and other oh, good stuff. Oh crap! Really, we will. Probably, yeah. <gasps> We should have it all finalized by then, Whoa. so right. So it's gonna be like so much news; it's gonna blow your right? mind. You'll have a ton of cool new pendant shows through all of June, and then you'll have the next trip to look forward to, where we should have Phantom Canyon casting call results and stuff. So that's really awesome. Woo! And we'll have news about what happened at the picnic and other cool stuff. So that's all really cool. So get excited, and then keep that excitement for an entire month while you listen to all of our awesome shows. Yeah. 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 All right. Woo! You know what else they can do in that month? <gasps> what? They could stop by the website at PendantAudio.com <laughs> or the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Live Journal community at community.livejournal.com slash Pendant Audio, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pendant Audio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash Pendant Web, and the Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you back here in, in like five weeks. Yeah. Wow. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Don't miss us too much. What would happen if they missed us too much? <laughs> White noise forever. Why'd it fade out? was going to end with it, but then you kept talking with unfunny things. Ah. It's recording? Yeah. I wasn't sure. Why wasn't I sure? Okay. Because you're a dumb face. Look, I just double check. Okay? Because I'm responsible. Yeah.